Let's go. Let's just get to it. Come on. Let's just get, let's get in with it. This is the first one we've done in a while together, isn't it? Yeah. And it will be for a few weeks as well. Won't it? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. actually, we'll do it next week. It's the week yeah. after I'm away. And then it's another bank holiday. Anyway, yeah. you can really, really, on. really interesting. But anyway, I don't have kids, but I have a few clients who have them. They have challenges that I can't imagine. I'm not sure how to help them with that sometimes if they say they have been too busy to look after themselves at all i don't want to challenge them on that and sound like a prick i know it comes down to asking the right questions but i was wondering if you have any advice yeah honestly like as a parent i would admire someone who isn't a parent who i'm paying for a service for to ask for some level of understanding. So maybe the parents within your client base, you do a little bit of a mini survey on the common challenges and how you as a service could combat them challenges or support them through if they're an opportunity to support them. Because at the end of the day, it depends what they are. And it is easy to assume. I was definitely, definitely one of them coaches who assumed some person didn't want it enough if they called up or texted up and said they couldn't make their session because the child might have let them down or because they've had a disrupted night sleep because of the kids and all of that I'd be like yeah they're just not motivated enough but obviously that's why I was obviously when at the start of my career a bit of a narrow-minded wanker clearly um so the more understanding that you can build and I know this is a really basic answer and you know the answer already but the better so I would really admire that now as a parent that someone reached out and goes there's a trend of parents in my business I want to understand them I know you have common challenges I'm not a parent myself so please could you help me understand the common or general um, struggles that you might face and how a service like mine could support you potentially through them and I think the combination of doing that within your audience and doing that sorry doing that within your client base and doing that within your audience if it's a common theme that you have that demographic and you have parents in your business a lot I think you could pick up a lot of market research there that you could really support your business moving forward. So long and short of it, I, I would ask them. I, I would really ask them. You've answered the right question. You, you know the answer to the question. The person who asked this knows the scripts. Like, um, but yeah, I would do it in a really meaningful way because uh, I think, like I said a minute ago, and I've repeated myself a bit, but I would really admire that if someone did that from my my side. Yeah. Anything you'd add? No, I'd said I said would have said the same thing um uh, next one uh next one is I'm useless at, oh sorry I'll make the next that's that one um <laughs> just to context someone's put I'm useless thinking of questions on the spot so we'll get back to you on this one <laughs> you know I didn't see that then um next one can you explain creating a training template creating training template templates in a bit more detail please yeah, I'll try to the best I can verbally. But so there's a if you think of, I think it's really it's much easier to start at like the beginning and kind of go right. Well, when you're searching for information from people when they're coming on board, type the thing questions you'd ask in regards to training experience is like, you know, how long you been training? How often do you train? Is it two, three, four, five days a week? What types of pieces of equipment and style of training do you use? Have you used fixed pin machines, cardio machines, free weights, barbells, functional stuff? So you can kind of get, I would almost categorize people in in into that kind of um in segmented people in that 
in that way, like their ability level and their experience and the type of things they've used in the past. So you can kind of gauge that. So that's first of all, you kind of know, right, um, if I've got a beginner and that person, that beginner is training twice a week, or I've got a beginner training three times a week, or I've got someone who uses free weights who's at this level uh, training three times a week, I would base that would be like how I'd base the programs. And effectively off the back of that, I would then fit in the movement patterns into the number of days that they're training. Okay. So obviously if they're training just twice a week, then I'd need to fit in more of a whole body approach to that more often than not than if they're training three times a week, as an example, I can probably be a little bit more um isolated maybe on some of those days and versus twice a week so i'd get the movement patterns so movement patterns such as <clears throat> knee dominant hip dominant um lat lateral sorry horizontal push and pull lateral push and pull um trunk extension flexion rotation and maybe some um unilateral work so I've got those moving patterns that I want to hit. So now I'd go, right, get those, get those moving patterns at the top of the page. I would then go, right, what are the exercises that um, align with that movement pattern? Pop those in, starting with big compound movements and then um, filtering down into isolation. Um, and I'd obviously then build the program based on the number of days of training, the exercise experience, the compound movements going first and then the isolation potentially going after making sure I hit each movement pattern across the week. Um, so that's how we'd kind of create the process, the program. And then the session plans specifically would then probably consist of, we've got typically 60 minutes. Um, I would bookend that 60 minutes with maybe five to eight minutes, maybe of ramp, like um, raising the heart rate, activating, mobilizing, potentiating. I'd have the main block of the session, which are those compound movements, the big compound movements, um, potentially some accessory depending on their two or three times a week. And then I'd have maybe a block of maybe 20 minutes of maybe depending on their goal, whether that's hyper-focused on a certain area of their body or maybe some type of metabolic conditioning or aerobic capacity, cool down, um, et cetera. So that's how I'd set that out. But that's how I'd create the process, the program, templates from. Anything you'd add? No, I answered his question on, he also asked it on the um, group mentoring session this morning. So I answered it there um yeah so i was more or less word for word um mom's a little bit better to be fair wasn't it? um whilst i'm also trying to look for a, an air bike that that's quite cheap on here that i might buy so yeah an air bike yeah uh, well someone's just threw an air bike up but i've never really heard of the mate before you know on that crossfit by himself for 500 quid on a farm what's the uh, mate what is mate um I've never heard of it before. Schwinn Airdyne AD8. Schwinn. 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 Decent. Never heard of Schwinn. No. Say it no. three times really fast. No, I don't fucking want to. No. I do actually. Schwinn, Schwinn, Schwinn. 
listen, are they good, Dan? Yeah, they're all right. Not as... They'll be fine for what, how much you use it. So if I'm I'd probably push like, I'd probably push to an assault bike for five. You can get one close to 500 quid for that. Yeah, fuck it off. Um, anyway. Yeah, next one. Regress. Um, we can watch uh, What one bit of advice do you give out the most in the academy, but wish someone gave to you when you started PTing? Hope that makes sense. Do you know what? That's a really fucking hard question to answer, isn't it? Because it's probably about five things that I can think of off the top of my head that are all of a similar importance that we give out the most most advice on. I, I can't move away from the fact, as boring as this answer is, I can't move away from the fact of tracking all areas of your business. I know that's really a fucking boring answer, but essentially that data helps you with the decisions. And I think someone giving me that information at the start of my career, I would have been like, that's not that important. Me being a better coach is important. Me getting leads, clients and getting some money in is important. And clearly that's all important. But I just think as a self-employed person, when you're second guessing yourself, when you start out and you're not sure what decision to make, it confirms your decision-making and gives you clarity. So as a really boring answer, I, I probably it would be tracking all areas of your business. Um, and I don't know if you should elaborate on what areas, but that's obviously all the marketing KPIs, like conversation, leads, client, uh, leads inquiries, um, sales, levers, um, average client life, um, some level of um, understanding of client satisfaction in regards to um, regular quarterly or six monthly surveys from clients and getting that data. So um, I'm sure there's lots more that I could go into in regards to P&L and financial side of it and stuff like that. But I think just that alone just gives you so much. And if you can factor that time in to every single working day, week and month, you will be a much more confident business owner and more so confident coach. Um, yeah, I really wish I didn't have to give that answer and I wish it was more exciting, but it's just fucking true, in my opinion. It's the data that will make your decision-making much easier and better. What would you say? Um, <clears throat> I don't say this directly. Kind of do, but we don't. But to be direct, I wish someone had given me more and more more advice on not looking so short-term um, mm. in regards to gratification and helping me plan. help Not helping me plan, helping me commit to long-term. It's not planning, it's committing. So I was all right with that. It's committing, it's making the commitment. So I think not looking so short-term and when you create a goal and you create a plan if like follow it through and commit to it i think that's the biggest thing uh, yeah, i really do i, I think that would help so many people out it's just got like fully commit into it mm. next one uh where is it where is it where is it, where is it? Oh, yeah. 
Well, this is actually a really good question if you answer it in a really good way. Um, how do you know when you've had a successful week if you are process focused, not solely on goals? So I'm guessing that means not solely on outcomes. Um, I think if it's kind of, I think if those process-based focuses are aligning what you want to achieve, it's kind of similar to what we said then, long-term, mm. I think that's a, a major, major um, plus on the like measuring the success and failure of it. Um, but I also feel that it's what you feel and get from doing those like tasks and you know whether it's like nailing like um nailing a really great conversation with a client and and helping them see things differently or nailing that social media post or that conversation you have with someone on social media or sticking to and committing to those weekly inputs um so i think it, it comes off the back of understanding and committing to the overall goal and um i think taking not just a tick box type of mentality towards tasks but also i think you need to feel successful in getting those tasks done do you know what i mean like how can i explain it okay so like it let's say one of those tasks that is aligned with your goal is to say hello and message every well every person that joins your social media as an example right you feeling successful in doing that is probably ticking it off doing it every day but actually one of those welcome messages turning into a really great conversation with someone that aligns with your overall goal later down the line you've if you don't i don't if you don't feel a sense of accomplishment or success in that um that's how i would measure those things it's actually from doing the things it's getting the return back and again that doesn't need to be a paying client right now but it could be a response it could be the way things look it could be the way you feel getting over something that you found really difficult it could be many different things and i think that depends on your personality as well but yeah that's how i'd answer that question yeah, would you answer it any differently um no i wouldn't no i wouldn't um i'm always dead mindful of when people ask questions like that of the fact that you'll measure success differently at different stages of your career like the kpis are the kpis and going back to what you said before like and this is what i mean by saying that is that your goals will constantly change so what get what is being done on a daily or weekly basis that makes you feel successful could be minute and like granular shit like you just said really um so i think it's important to have these set things that measure success in your business which is the data i've just talked about um and measuring success off them because you're a business owner. But I also think that sometimes a lot of business owners and personal trainers, especially, 
need some element and this is why this process is in my opinion so fucking valuable you need some way of finding confidence in some of that granular shitty tasks that you do that will move the needle forward like um slightly every single week so i think that's really important and i think a lot of coaches don't do it and even some of you lot who listen to this and who do the check-in in the academy sometimes i'll read the check-in and i'm like you'll 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 be harsh on yourself so much and mm. in terms of oh it's not been a great week for whatever um let's say for example um i didn't hit my goals this week and it's not been a great week because i didn't do this this and this as what i said i was going to do all right but also can we list out what we have done um and i think managing that sometimes i know this is a really long-winded answer but managing that really sometimes is really important um and I think I read in someone's check-in today, actually, that I need to go back to a trusted to-do list because it made me feel, it makes me feel like sometimes I'm getting more done than I am doing right now. And it's something as simple as that. Um, you, If you can reflect on your week whilst doing this check-in and anyone listening to this, if you don't do some form of checking on your business, you can build it quite easily. But even if you look back on your week and go, right, instead of crossing it out and fucking violently crossing out all the shitty jobs, look at it and go, right, I've ticked that off and ticked that off. Actually, I've got that shit done that I, I've been putting off for ages. That's a real level of success for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it'll be easy for us to turn around and just say data. It'll be easy. That'd be easy, like I said before. But I also think there's some elements of wherever, what stage you are in your career will dictate how you will measure success. Like, did that campaign go well? Did it not go too well? Okay, how can we address that? Um so yeah, hopefully that got my point across. But essentially, what I'm saying is, is you're going to have set markers, but some things that you'll measure success with will fluctuate, and we've just got to accept that sometimes, um, and give yourself fucking credit when you deserve it. Um, where do you draw a line between? Oh, is it my question or yours? It's your question. All right. Where do you draw the line between wanting to do your best to help? Or go out of your way for someone and not selling yourself short. Oh shit. Self short or making life harder for yourself. Oh, it's a good question, isn't it? Okay, I'll I'll be really I'll be really open and honest with this. I think this is where so naturally I'm more fucking naturally I'm quite direct and to the point, obviously. Natural I I think. Probably blowing smoke up my own ass here, but you can see. But I think as as you get more experience as a coach, you become more patient to this, right? And I think I'm quite patient at this compared to where I was, let's say, 10 years ago, right? So again, it comes back to where you are in your career with your level of empathy, understanding. I'm not saying you by you asking this question, you're not showing empathy and understanding. Clearly, it's got to a point where you're questioning this, and I completely get it because everyone can relate to this. So I think where I'm at right now is that if I've asked the questions of and uh, an example of that might be what do you feel right now then that you need to do to pull you out of this and to make a change and if that client turns around and says i'm not too sure i don't know and then you go okay the only options left are these which would you be more likely to apply and be able to to break through with and if that client's then at that point and just going, I just don't know, I can't see me doing any of them. I think for me, that's then the line, 
where I can go, okay, cool. So just to play it back to you, you don't really know what it is that could get you out of this right now and how you're thinking and feeling about yourself. There are the options that I see that you have from my understanding of you, and you don't really have the belief or confidence that you can apply them options. I think it might be best for us to maybe have a bit of a break for you to think about when it is that you're ready to change or can apply these things. So I think that's my end point. And I would be picking that end point up probably if I've been in and around that area for two, three, four weeks. And this is the same conversations. You're going around in circles. Um, yeah, but I think I'm a hell of a lot more patient right now than I used to be. And I think that's because in the past, maybe I've been quite blunt and direct and gone, do you know what? If you don't want to help yourself, I can't help you. But actually, I probably could have done a little bit more before I got to that point, which is the point that I've just explained then where we've really tried we've gone through different avenues i've shown empathy shown understanding shown a bit of compassion when i needed to okay cool what do you feel now i'm not too sure okay these are your options which are you more likely to apply uh, i just don't know i don't know if i can apply okay cool maybe it's time to just leave it there for now and step away so i think that's that would be my end point so i think it's actually a really personal question depending on your personality and experience and all of that that would be my end point what about you I'd agree. I'd agree. But to add a look, maybe a different viewpoint on this. In I think it depends. I think also you've got to ch check in on how much you want the goal versus how much the client wants the goal. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, I should have said you that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So what I mean by that is, listen, the, the steps of progress I think a lot of trainers put such a tremendous amount of pressure on themselves to constantly be having their clients improve all the time. It's, and, and putting that into context and perspective, we would all sit here and go, we'll say, well, no, because progression isn't that perfect line going upwards in a graph. There's, there's peaks and troughs. But I think our expectation and fear and sometimes yeah, I would say sometimes insecurity. Sometimes I think we put our own pressure on ourselves to, to constantly move the needle forward for the client all the time. And sometimes it's okay to kind of go, let's cruise for maybe a couple of weeks because you've got shit going on outside of your work of, of this that is not allowing you to focus on. But actually, if you're still doing the let's call it bare minimum imports coming in and training and da, 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 then we're going to be in a good place to pick that up again when we need to. So, yeah, I would also just throw that in. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's relevant to the question, but I think it is a little bit. I think it's the pressure we put on ourselves because that sometimes that pressure we put on ourselves to then push our clients or want to want to push our clients constantly can actually create a bigger divide in the way we communicate to our clients which enables us not to coach effectively uh, which ultimately leads us to frustration um, and ultimately won't get that person to where they want to be so i'll just throw that in really i think i think that's relevant i'm not sure if it is but i think it is do you know what you could probably talk about this on a podcast on its own for a full episode because you can yeah. I was just sat here thinking going clearly it's a general answer but in my experience like 
a lot of personal trainers do give up on their uh, do give up on their clients quicker than they should. Yeah. Um, when mainly out of frustration of them not doing what they what you've told them to do. Now the person asking this question clearly that that's not the case, but um, but my, yeah, from my experience, that's what I, it, it depends. It, it always seems to be like oh, challenging client, nightmare client. Um, just get rid of them. No, actually, because probably they're a breakdown or a, there's a challenge or so on. Because we might have created that and we or we we have a lack of understanding of them. Again, this is not for this person um, who's asked the question because I've just looked. Um, but that's my experience generally of the industry where people get frustrated. Um, yeah, so just adding that. And that's it. Last one, that one, eh? No, one question in it? the chat. Uh, oh. When was your last fuck it? I'm just going for it moment. Um, quite recently, actually. Yeah, it's quite recently. Uh, about... I don't know, about a month ago, two months ago. Um, yeah. Um, so that's when it was. <laughs> when was yours, Nick? <laughs> Jeez, nearly five months ago. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um, Do you know what? This is something I've thought about quite a bit and whether it's relevant or not, I'm going to fucking say it anyway. But uh, I like I had kids quite young um, and I always had two or three jobs from get your violin out here. But I always had two or three jobs from probably leaving school. Um, and that was because I, like I always I, I was out my house with a mortgage at fucking 20 years old. So I always seemed to put lots of pressure on myself. So what I'm getting at here is that pressure come with that constant level of stability and safety. And I think that was just, and it's drilled into you, isn't it, from your parents back in the day. And you need to have something and you need to have stability and you need to do this and you need to do that. And I think I was always wary of taking too much of a risk um, in business because I, A, had a mortgage quite young and B, had a kid quite young. So I was always shit pressure, just react, 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 work, 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 work. Um, always have stability. Um, and I think that lasted a lot through my 20s and probably in my early 30s as well. Um, so the the big risks for me come to come at two or three different times within my career, but one of them come most recently. Um, yeah, and it's still, obviously you're still working out, is it right thing? But I think that's, I think, the one thing that I would say is if the person asking the question is pondering, uh, making a risk at the moment, uh, taking a risk at the minute is, and it's easy for me to say it now, sat here on the other side of it, but I've never sat down with a mate or a colleague or a peer who've took a risk and regretted it, whether it worked out or not. Mm. I haven't. I, I genuinely haven't. Even when some of my pals have lost shit from it or money from it and like the other risk that I took was I, I left fitness first as a PT. And well, I didn't leave. We we went bump and went into a studio, I went into a small gym with three other PTs. And the risk was I fucking didn't like one of the other PTs and I was going into business with him and the, it was conflict from day one. So that was a big risk that I got wrong and lost a lot of money from initially. 
Um, so then I was always quite protective of taking them risks. And you could see that as that I got that wrong. But actually now, 10 years or however long on, fuck me, I'm a lot better for it with my knowledge, my understanding, my transition from a commercial gym to a private gym, what not to do, what to do, and now supporting other people on it. So now I can look back and go, actually, it was still a big fucking positive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, take the risk, man. Take the risk. It's easy for me to say sat here and it's easy for a lot of people to say on Instagram, isn't it? And it depends on your situation. But I've, I've never known a pal, peer, family member who took a risk, whether it's gone well or not well, um, to regret it long term. Sam's put, doesn't self-employment always bring a risk? Of course it does. Um, um, especially fucking out. Depends on the, like, depends on the way you... Depends, yeah, because you could say that sitting in a job where you're comfortable is a risk at the same time, both from, okay, maybe financially, but maybe financially because, you know, business is business. Not every company lasts forever and stays true and works out. And yeah, there's a little bit more risk on when you're self-employed, but from financial standpoint, but I guess it just depends on how you value things, isn't it? Um, you could say it's a massive risk staying just staying in a in a comfortable position where you're not happy, you don't like going into work, you you hate Mondays, you live for the weekend, your money goes up about two percent a year, you get a shit pension, you hate the people you work with. Well, that, that, that was you a lot of the time. You, that was me for the last two years. <laughs> um yeah, and I think, do you know what? I've just seen who's asked the question now. Yeah, I think, do you know what? The biggest thing is, is that, and where you put it, did it work out for you then? I think from a mentality perspective, and it depends, right? I'm not going to give you some heroic speech here, but it does depend. But when you've got kids and you're the main breadwinner and all of that, for me, it, it can't not work. That risk. You just won't let it not work. Mm. There'll be something in you with that high pressure and high, uh, and it's, it can be tough initially, but there'll be something in you that just won't not let it work. And for anyone kind of listening to this, is then thinking, um, is them thinking, um, like wondering, should I get, oh, what, what could I do with all of them hours in that employed job? you'd be surprised how much that time gets eaten up and how productive you can be with that time. And then the return on that will come. So the answer to the question is, yeah, it's, it's definitely working out, but it's still, this phase of that risk is still a work in progress. Um, how has Monday impacted your business? I think he means the software. <laughs> well, bank holiday Monday has definitely impacted our business because I'm fucking having to do some check-ins when I didn't expect or think I was doing them. So, um, yeah, I fucked that up there. So we might have to rethink that next time for next Monday. Um, yeah, so we're still fucking up with this stuff. Don't worry. Um, does it mean Monday is the software? I don't know. That's why I asked.
Software fallbacks. Software. <laughs> I thought it meant bank holiday Monday. I was bank holiday Monday. Well, that's why I asked. I wasn't sure. Well, to give context for any people actually still listening to the podcast at this point when it gets put out, we for, we've for the first time ever we've took bank holidays constantly off as a business, um, and obviously there's a fucking lot of them. So I thought that's what you meant. They do need to call that software somewhere else though, because it's fucking well annoying, isn't it? No. Um, do you want me to reply to that? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. I've been glued to it for I don't know how long. Um, how has it impacted the business? Uh, I think at the moment, not a lot, but I think it will do long term. Um, so at the minute, it's really, the positives are at the moment, like um, it's, a, it's a central place for every piece of communication. We have every project, every we've got a timeline for everything. It organizes our lives. So there's some massive positives in that. But the negative is, it's like any software, it's taking fucking time to get used to it. And then the other negative is, um, is that there is integrations for everything. So it's oh, getting- You pay for fucking everything. <laughs> you kind of want, and maybe there is one out there because there was Trello coaches that um, there's genuinely people that you can pay to, to be a Trello coach. But there maybe is like a Monday's coach and it kind of needs that a little bit. There's videos for everything, but the whole purpose of it is that we're a busy business and we want to streamline things and help with project management and get time back and be twice as organized as we were because we just used to run projects through Google Sheets, which worked, by the way, like it worked. Um, but like that initial start with a phase of getting new software, it's a ball because it's still more time, isn't it? It's very so good. It's, I think fast forward three months when you've got six, what, five, six big blocks of work yeah. that overlap that you've got to do something on every week. It's it's already helping. And I think once we once we use it more me, when I start to get used to it more and use it as a daily, um, I think the communication between, because there's basically three of us in the business, the communication between the three of us will be way better, way better. Not that it's bad, but we just won't have to chase an answer for this or find that or something. So I think having everything in one place, the timelines, the different blocks of work, um, yeah, I think it's going to massively change things. It's going to enable us to do those blocks of work to, to our highest capacity versus getting it done. Yeah, in that shop, like any piece of software is a massive fucking pain yeah. in the ass. Um, but yeah, it is good. It is really, really good. Um, yep. Is there any more? That's it. That is it. It's been lovely to have a few of you join us this evening. It's been bloody marvellous. Um, yeah, Sam, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, woke. Walk. Walk. How do you spell walk? Woke. What work? Walker. Well, what a, what a, you know, you are. Anyway. Right. I love you and leave you. See you in a bit. See you later.